This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. And we welcome you into another edition of our Warriors Weekly Podcast, 495.7 The Game. John Dickinson joined, as always, by Gary St. Jean. St., uh, I, I know you're, you're fresh off a, a Hawaiian excursion uh, during the All-Star break, man. You're, you're living well these days. Well, when you're on the back nine, uh, you've got to spend a lot of family time. And uh, we had our entire family there, and it was new grandson, uh, William, who's 13 months old, so Grandpa was in the pool an awful lot with William. That's good stuff. And, you know, the Warriors at this point at 12 and 45 as we record this, 57 games in, that means only 25 to go. So you start talking about the back nine, and the Warriors are at the back nine here of what has, you know, become this gap year. I want to get your thoughts on Andrew Wiggins, but uh, the headline really this week, there was two of them. It's it's the guy that is coming back, and now it looks like we know when, and the guy that isn't going to be coming back uh, this season. Let, let's start with Steph. Uh, he met with reporters a few days ago, and, and he acknowledged what we all kind of knew, and that was the fact that, that March 1st was going to be the target. It looks like... Uh, Looks like that's going to be the case, and uh, all eyes are going to be on Stephen Curry here in the next uh, five days or so, and, and he's going to come back for these final 22. I, I don't know that he's going to play at all of them, a couple of back-to-backs there, but but what are you looking for as far as, as Stephen Curry just uh, you know working out the cobwebs and working his way toward next year in these final 20-plus games? Well, when you think of Steph Curry, you think of this tremendous talent, probably the best shooter in the NBA history, and especially off the bounce. And I'm just happy for him, uh, his teammates, the organization, and the fans, who have been great all year long, John. They've, they're, they're smart. They've understood the problems with the injuries, and uh, the expectation level was lowered. But, you know, they, they've enjoyed this hard-working team that's given them 100%. And for these guys who are playing, uh, I, I love what Wiggins had to say. He said, I was on Steph's team the first day he scrimmaged, and, and it was just a game changer when he stepped on the floor. Uh, that's the impact he has on the game. Sure, he's going to be rusty. There's no doubt about it. But uh, at the end of the day, uh, I love his honesty, talking about that left hand and how the nerve uh, feeling is not quite there yet. Any of us that have had uh, significant surgery know that it takes up to a year uh, for the nerves to regenerate. And so that'll be, uh, you know, a little trial and error kind of thing. But uh, that, that's wonderful news. Yeah, and Steph talking about trying to find an, a new normal just in terms of, of, of how it's all going to feel. I, I think there's a, a benefit in in having him play. I mean, I know we've, we've talked a lot. And, and look, he was going to come back just by the nature of the injury. It was just a matter of for how many games. But but I'm a believer, and and I know we're not going to see it with Clay Thompson. But I'm a believer that you know getting some time on the floor, 
this year to work through, as he put it, the new normal it has a has a tremendous benefit. Well, it does. Um, you know, he, he's got expectation levels. He'd love to play uh, in the Olympics. And, um, you know, this is a guy, his shot's not going to disappear. Now, it'll come back here eventually when his legs are sound and he's feeling good. But it'll be interesting to see uh, the defensive concepts that are applied by the opponents. Uh, you know, these guys have played their tails off. The young guys, the, the veteran guys, not been big role players. Well, if he ever gets going, they might start double and triple teaming them, John. Uh, if any pick and roll action, they're probably going to double team because anytime he has the ball, you know, he's the biggest threat on the floor. They're going to try to uh, get the darn ball out of his hands. Yeah, no, they they will, and I think that's going to open up things for the new guy in town, and that's Andrew Wiggins. Give me your thoughts on him through five games. Uh, the the game on Sunday against the Pelicans, probably the most forgettable on, on his 25th birthday. Uh, so maybe there are other things uh, on his mind to where he can easily get over that one. Uh, but for the most part, I think uh, four of those five games, and really three of them for sure, He's he's looked like a a player that that really can make an impact with the the talent that the Warriors are going to have around him next year. Well, uh, doing anything, uh, but especially uh, like in basketball, you're a five man team, and uh, gosh, two guys go, another guy comes in, another one comes back. Uh, you don't know who you're playing with. You look to your left and right, and you don't know what the heck's going on. I'm telling you, as a player and as a coach, that that's hard to handle, and. Uh, so with that said, I think he, he's been mature. He's been uh, focused. I, I, John, I'm really high on him. I, I, I think this is going to be a perfect fit with, with Steph and Clay, two of the greatest shooters ever, and, you know, Draymond, the, uh, the great defender and, and uh, initiator on offense. We needed a guy to really get out on the break. Uh, he's a guy in the half-court game. You know, they talk about pace and space and a rhythm to the game, and He's going to find when he really cuts hard because of these shooters, there's going to be a lot of space out there because they honor those guys so tightly. And uh, so people have said, well, I don't know how good he is defensively. Trust me, he, he, he'll, he will grow in this system. Uh, it works. It's, it's extremely sound. And he's got these veteran guys to uh, help him along the way learn the intricacies. You know, it, when when you're defending, you're not by yourself out on an island. When you move, four other guys move with you. You're all tied together on a rope or a string. And he's going to find that if he puts uh, pressure out on a wing, trying to deny uh, LeBron or uh, whoever it may be, uh, you know he knows he's got somebody on the weak side ready to rotate if he gets beat on a back door or beat off the bounce if his assignment is to take away the three. So. He's going to find a, a, a lot of positives there, and I think he can become an outstanding John Dickinson, Gary St. Jean, our Warriors weekly podcast for 95-7 The Game. Uh, you know, Two things about Wiggins. Uh, you mentioned the cutting, and, and I think that's a, an underrated aspect of his game on the offensive side. And then i got to ask you about what Draymond had to say, uh, believing that he could end up being an all-defensive player. Now, I know that's a – uh, that, that's high praise and, and, and really trying to, I think, maybe push him to that level and give him a, a goal and a target for next year. But uh, I want to get your thoughts on, on him as the cutter, one, and then, you know, you touched on it a little bit, but just the, the defensive ceiling. Uh, is Draymond crazy for saying that? 
<laughs> well, Trayvon can go out there a little bit, but here's what he sees. He sees a, a 25-year-old guy who's a terrific athlete, uh, who has a long wingspan, who looks to have a pretty darn solid NBA uh, intellect or IQ. And uh, so he sees a lot of potential there. And he knows that this young guy has not played in a defensive scheme like this, and he's not had a lot of help. When you think of Clay and Steph, uh, you know, Clay is uh, just terrific on ball, uh, one, two, switching, whatever. And uh, Steph, uh, a good guy off the ball, great basketball instincts. But Draymond, uh, backline defender, uh, he will help him so darn much. And, and he will find that, uh, uh, that these guys really believe in each other. I, I'm not knocking anybody up in Minnesota, but he hasn't played with guys like this. And uh, I, I think it's a little bit of, uh, you know, an evaluation of a guy after a couple weeks and then looking at his upside and, and getting excited about him. So, uh, no, I, I think Draymond's, uh, you know, within the box. And as you talked about cutting, John, uh, again, what goes on in the NBA? You're trying to guard the three ball. It's the dominant thing, whether early O or half O. And what that's done is open up a lot of lanes to cut without the ball. It's allowed you to drive the ball easier. It allows you to rebound better because we don't have the big guys down there clogging the whole thing up because we don't have a lot of post play. So a guy like him, uh, he's, he's going to have more opportunities than ever. And, you know, I've talked about this before. I think it's, again, a technique that he'll learn. Uh, a lot of players play at one speed. Uh, now, I'm older, but we had records and record players, and you had different size records. You had 33s and I don't know, 60-something, whatever they were. Uh, that's way before your time, John. But the thing is, it's about cutting and changing the speed, and, and, and that's the key to this thing. You take a guy left, then you cut right. You know, you change the gear on the cut, you slow down, you cut quick. And he's got uh, all the potential in the world to be superb at that. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, going back to the Draymond comment, Saint, it, it, it was almost uh, a little bit similar to what he said about D'Angelo Russell. When You remember when he said, hey, I, I, I saw you play defense, so now I know you can play defense. I didn't know you could before. <laughs> I think, you know, this the, the, the comment about Wiggins, I, I think it's putting him on notice a little bit. It's, it's hey, raise the bar. Uh, and I think in a complimentary way by saying, hey, I think you could be this good. But it, it's basically telling Wiggins, hey, you got to really apply yourself on that end and, and bring it consistently, uh, you know, night in and night out. Well, you know, John, Kevin Durant was a, an underrated defender. Uh, and I talked about our other superb defenders. I think overall, uh, this team has won championships and had a great run. And I think the most underrated aspect of this team has been its team defense. Um, for example, they didn't have any 7-2 guys that, that just cleaned up uh, blocking shots, uh, but they did it by committee. And uh, you know, I think that's the, the mindset of this team. And they come in with great game plans. They try to take the strengths away from the best players. They try to make other people beat them. So not only do you have to be uh, physically bringing it, but mentally he's going to find the challenges in the game. They're going to, they'll ask a lot of him because 
playing the wing defender in the NBA, uh, you know, you look over the weekend at, at the performance that Tatum, you know, had against the Lakers, uh, and obviously LeBron. And then you look at guys like Kawhi and Paul George, and, and you go up and down the league, you know, and there's just tremendous players there to guard. And, and Steve made the statement that he really feels good about having a guy now that he can match up there. He can get him switching combinations also. And he thinks that's just going to help their defense. Yeah, and as you start to look forward, Saint, you know, the other thing that it does is it, it makes the rest of this roster, and I've, I've talked a lot about this on the on the pre- and the post-game shows uh, the last, you know, really two weeks or since the trade went down, and it's it's the fact that you could start to piece together the roster better. I know you always, you know, every team's got the big board or maybe it's on the computer yep. now where you, you're plugging in, you, you got your current team, and then you're looking at guys that maybe won't be around because of contracts next year and, and areas that, that where there's going to be holes and you have to improve. Uh, the one thing that Wiggins does is now you, now you know you've got four or your five starters in place you know you got two or three bigs, and you also know where you're going to have open slots now. So the, the slots that are open now match up with the different ways that the Warriors can improve the team, meaning the draft pick, the trade exception, and, and the mid-level exception. They, they cleaned a lot of that up, essentially, at the deadline where you didn't really know what, how it all fit. Now you got a better idea as you look at the roster where everybody kind of fits. Very well said, and, and let's also keep in mind they've replenished uh, the draft picks, and I think that's important. They've taken care of some salary cap issues. And as you said, the, the concentration of the big salaries is with the four main guys. They've played the center position by committee, and by the way, they've taken these young guys like Pascal and uh, Chris and Bowman, you can't teach this opportunity these guys are getting, uh, this experience of playing out there. Uh, so I, I just think it's great. It's going to be a young team that has a, a good, solid bench with your main guys up front there that are going to lead the way, that are your veteran guys. As you noted, a couple opportunities with the draft pick, with the mid-level, and, and the Andre Iguodala opportunity with that $17 million trade exception. John, I, I read a little list uh, while on vacation, and it's going to be really interesting to, to kick that around as to what names are going to be out there for those mid-level and for the top. Um, like, for example, this weekend I watched the kid Tappen from date uh, yeah. 6-9, really athletic. He's moving up on the board. Uh, maybe not the most skilled guy, but an effort guy, maybe an Aaron Gordon kind of guy. And, you know, you're starting to really watch these guys. Like Edwards uh, had a ferocious dunk, the freshman down at Georgia, and won a game this past week with a three. Uh, you see the young guy Stanley at Duke moving up on the board. So it's, it's fun to watch the draft. What are they going to do in the draft? I mean, that Weissman's working out. I saw a picture of his body before and after working out over the last month. He looks a lot better. So, uh we're going to have plenty to talk about as we close the season, even though the wins aren't there like we'd like them to be. It, it's exciting. It's not like you're down there and you're saying, holy cow, how the heck are we going to get out of this? And uh, so yeah. I, I think the, the organization's done a great job. 
Yeah, I think you can almost, you know, pencil it in with the four, you know, Curry, Thompson, Wiggins, Draymond, and then, all right, if you want to say Marquise Chris for now is is the starter, you've got him, uh, you've got Looney, uh, you know you're going to have to add another big body, whether that's yeah. uh, Wiseman or, or even if it's just a veteran that's got a, a true seven foot, sure. you know, with some girth, uh, you know, kind of body type. You're going to have to add a guy like that to the mix, uh, and then you've got, you know, essentially it's it's funny to look at. You've got Pascal and Damian Lee as backups, and the two open spots, as I look at the backups, are basically the Livingston spot and the Iguodala spot. You need that backup guard, <laughs> and you need yeah. that backup wing. Yeah, that's well said. And, you know, they're experimenting with Poole playing some point punk. Uh, so that'll be some competition between Poole and Bowman. Do they think? Those guys are satisfactory to be a, a backup and a third guard. And, uh, you know, you and I talked about Burks and Robinson, how much they enjoyed love being here and that they'd love to come back. And, you know, we, we've seen in the past, we've seen uh, Zaza, we've seen West, we've seen McGee, those, those veteran guys who want to come and play in this culture, this beautiful new Chase Center, playing with a great organization with great fans and a great Bay Area. There'll still be those guys who want to come. Uh, I just like the way this week they picked up Bender. I, I like that. Uh, you know, Pargo was 30. Uh, you know, so they got to look at him and, and that other guy uh, that was in here. But that's good. They're, they're, they're checking those lists out, see what's available. And take a look. Maybe they're going to find another one. Yeah, and and Zach Norvell, the guy that that they the yeah. other guy, uh, it, they actually traded for his rights for his G League rights. So they so huh. they they made a move where where they you know where they could keep him kind of in their system a little bit, even though he's not going to be uh, maybe back with the team. Obviously, not not picking up another ten day contract. So there's something they like in him as well. I, I want to ask you about Bender. You know, fourth overall pick. You know, Chris was the eighth overall pick. Both of those guys, you know, were sons. Uh, what four years ago? Uh, but uh, it's interesting. You know, the one thing I always say about the the Warriors is, you know, they they like the high level, you know, draft pick talent. I mean, if you look at the guys that they've traded for, or, or I mean, even going back to guys like Iguodala and Livingston. I mean, those were those were top. You know, those were top lottery picks. Uh, you know, Bogut was a was the first overall pick in the draft. Uh, so maybe you can't get them right out of the start. But even guys that they've added later in the in their careers, Wiggins, number one pick, Bender, fourth pick, Chris, eighth pick. They they like looking at the the top top flight talent when push comes to shove. Maybe some of these guys are just later bloomers. Well, well said. There's a constant, John, in the lottery. One, you've got to be a terrific athlete in most in almost all cases. And one, you've got to, and two, you've got to have a high skill level. Now, I look at Bender, and, and he's more suited for today's game than five or ten years ago. You know, I look at him as a, as a vintage pick-and-pop guy. Uh, he drove to the basket the other night and didn't finish, but I like the read because he upfaked because they were trying to play him for the three. Uh, he hasn't had a lot of minutes lately, so... I, I like that. I, I like that a lot. And uh, you you make good comparisons to all the, the, the old guys that have that have been here in the past. And uh, you know, this is this is smart. This is really the right way to do it as you go toward the finish line. 
to figure out what you got. You got an opportunity to take some looks here. You don't have this a lot uh, in the NBA, so it's it's somewhat a, a unique situation. We, we mentioned Steph Curry. He's going to be coming back here in the next week or so. Clay Thompson not coming back. I, I think it, it makes a lot of sense when you just look at the timeline, and, and he has the surgery in July. So nine months from the surgery date is basically April. But not bringing him back, you're going to give him not only April, but May and June and even parts of July, if he goes through the, the summer and, and, and participates in some of the Olympic stuff, you're, you're taking a, a, a nine to 12 month uh, rehab and, and recovery period, and you're almost making it a 12 to 16 month recovery period before he's actually going to have to be on the court. I mean, what, what a benefit that will be, uh, you know, and, and in some ways you're, you're taking advantage and turning a bad situation into somewhat of a good one. You know, based on just, you know, when he went out, he went out, basically wrote off this year, which was not a good thing. But now you almost have to take advantage of it uh, and 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 use that extra time to make sure he's extra healthy, uh, meaning that he'll get the two full off seasons. Well, you can debate uh, orthopedic surgeons, uh, the best in the country. Well, some believe nine months, some believe a year. Um I think the longer, the better. Now, I know he's got itchy britches. Uh, when he's at that practice facility, he, he wants to go. But uh, he, he's been terrific as a rehab guy. Uh, you can see the strength that, that's come back in the, in the leg, and he's going through some shooting and obviously doing a lot of strengthening and flexibility. Um, that surgery has gotten a lot better over years, the ACL. And I think he's going to come back in great fashion. Um, I, I don't. Maybe I don't envision him playing in the Olympics, but who knows? Uh, but to have a, a healthy Clay Thompson, boy, I, I think it's just uh, you know just terrific because he he is one of the cornerstones of your fa- of your franchise. I, I got to ask you about Zion Williamson. We saw him in person on Sunday for the first time. He's played what twelve games? Uh, I think he's been active for thirteen, but he's played in twelve. And this guy, I mean, I, I can't compare him to anybody I've I've ever seen before. The the body type, the athleticism, I mean, he looks like he's going to break the rim every time he goes up to try and dunk it. Uh, I mean, you compare him to anybody? I mean, what have you thought of him so far? Well, I give him two and a half inches taller than Charles Barkley, and I give him about 20 pounds on Charles Barkley. But back in when Charles was a young, young guy, that's how he played. Uh, to me, that that's great uh, comparison because he has the ability to ISO you in the half-court game. Charles was part of the reason why they put in that five-second count when you back guys in because when right. he had a mismatch, he'd just back you in. He'd, he'd press a button on his hip, John, and his booty would get twice as big. And uh, <laughs> he'd, ju- he'd just back you in, and you couldn't stop him. So then you'd send a double team, and he'd pick people apart. He'd hit a cutter or he'd hit a drift shooter. If you didn't double him, he'd finish. Uh, listen, Barkley was a fabulous player. John, this young guy, Zion, one, I love his smile. I love his humility. I love his, his attitude. He's a team guy, and uh, he wants to play the right way. You know, we've come, we never had any of this nutritionist and, you know, the cook and all these things they're doing now. My biggest concern for him, John, is, is going to be his, his body. Is it going to hold up? He's so big. 
and the torque, the power on these jumps, as you just said, what is the best weight for him? He's still growing. And how are they going to monitor him? Because the sky's the limit. Uh, you know, in that game, he, he got a nice uh, uh, ball change from uh, right to left side. He was free throw line extended. Took his time, shot a three. Nice form. And we saw him on lobs. We saw him out uh, on the break. Uh, you know, it, it's it's a and we saw him on some explosion plays where you put him on the weak box and the ball comes to the, a strong elbow. They look, he looks to seal, and then he goes from there. And uh, boy, I tell you what, he, he, Alvin Gentry's got to be just licking his chops because you, when you get a player like that, that's such such a unique talent. You get excited as to how you're going to use them. And uh, who knows? You know, Jackson's out from Memphis for a couple weeks, and, and New Orleans has the easiest schedule left in the NBA. Uh, what are they, John? Four back? Uh, yeah. Can they I'll... catch him? Can they catch him? I mean, you and I both love Holiday. Now Ingram's back. So you look at that threesome. Boy, I like that. I, you know, Hart and Bell, uh, Ball, they play hard. Um, and, they, and they've got um, oh, uh, favors at the, at the big position. So, you know, I, I like what they're doing. They're, they're making a late run. Yeah, they're making a run. They're actually only three back as I'm looking at is it right now. It okay. yeah. Memphis, Memphis has lost three in a row. They've they got a tough schedule out of the out of the break. They they lost in Sacramento and then had to play the Lakers and the Clippers back to back. And and they got the Clippers after the Clippers got ticked off because the Clippers kind of got embarrassed by the Kings. For the second yeah. time in about three weeks, the Kings went down there and, and kind of knocked them around when they had a couple of guys out. And the, the Clippers have just messed around with the season a little too much. Well, last night they played Memphis, and everybody played, and they came out right at the start, and they were up like 35-9 to nine on, on Memphis. So Memphis, they, they got the brunt of, of the Clippers maybe not taking it as seriously the game before. Well, they're not concerned with your seed in the playoffs. They're just going to try to get right as we get into mid-March, get their rotations that, you know, you got Morris coming in, and now you got Jackson coming in. Beverly's been out with an injury. Uh, you know, Leonard and, and uh, George, you know, with load management. So you're right. They're going to have to find their way with their rotation once they do. I'd have to say if they're playing at the top of their game, that they're, they're better in the Lakers, but I'm not going to underestimate the Lakers' heart because I love their their chemistry. They're, they're, they're really together, gone through a tough month with the Kobe situation. The key for them is three things, LeBron health, Davis health, and perimeter shooting. Uh, they don't know what they're going to get night to night down there. Uh, one night, Bradley shooting well. Rondo played great the other day against the Celtics. Uh, then you got, got Caldwell Pope, uh, Kuzma. Uh, you know, it's just you just don't know who's going to be the third guy. If they're going to get it done down there, I think Kuzma's really got to step up, and, and that's a big key. Yeah, he he will have to step up. I I still think when it all it's all said and done, regardless of where the seeding ends up, and the, look, the Lakers have got a five game lead on one, so they're going to end up yeah. one. Uh, Denver and, and the Clippers are battling it out for 2-3. Uh, regardless of what happens, I, I still think 
the Clippers will wind up two or three, and we're going to end up seeing the Lakers and the Clippers in the in the West final. I mean, they'll 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 be able to settle it on the on the on the Staples Center floor, I think, one way or another. Uh, the, the Clippers almost have. I mean, I know it's a nice problem to have. Saint, we'll, we'll wrap it up this way. The Clippers almost with the guys that they've added and and you know some of the injury. I mean, it's a lot to kind of get in order in a in a short period of time, and they've taken on a couple of guys. You know Reggie Jackson and Morris, they, they they've almost got more guys than they need, which again is a nice problem to have, but it makes it trickier when you're trying to put guys in that have been out, in addition to adding a couple of guys that are going to want to play a lot. Well, Jerry West is down there, and uh, I'm sure he's told them it's about where you finish here in the playoffs, not the regular season. And you get to Doc Rivers, uh, he's I'm going to really sound old. I knew when he was a freshman at Marquette. Uh, wow, and uh, he's going to be uh, he's going to be the guy that's going to bring this all together. And uh, you know they've got a terrific team. Won't it be crazy if they play the in the conference finals? They play the Lakers, and the only thing we're going to do is change the floor. Uh, that's it. You don't even have to travel. It's going to be so unique. John, as we keep going, we're going to have a good time with kind of looking in the crystal ball of the playoffs. And if, they, if we keep on doing this, we're weekly talking about the playoffs. I'm excited. I, I just think we're going to have great playoffs in the NBA this year. Why? Because everybody had the Warriors up on a pedestal. They all said, well, you know, we'll give them a good run, you know, and that kind of thing. But uh, <laughs> now you got a lot of people who think they got a chance. So it, it's really exciting. Well, and, and the one thing that, that is going to carry over to next year, obviously the Warriors are, are not going to make it, but the one thing that is going to carry over is that streak of, of nobody in the Western Conference playoffs knocking them out and, and what will wind up being seven <laughs> years by the, by the time the Warriors, you know, if you don't make it, you get to keep that streak alive. I like that. That's, that's good stuff. Boy, that's really being I, – I get uh, kidded a little bit about being an optimist, but that that's really bringing it, John. Well done. I've been hanging out with you a lot, Saint. That's That comes from you. <laughs> oh, that boy. Comes... Good stuff. Good stuff, Saint. Really appreciate it, man. We'll, uh, we're definitely going to continue to do this uh, throughout the season and, and even into the playoffs, so I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, as, as those games really start to matter and, and uh, the race in the Western Conference as well as everything Warriors. Uh, really appreciate it, Saint. We'll talk next week. Thanks a million, John. Have a great one. All right. For Gary St. Jean, I'm John Dickinson. That's our Warriors Weekly Podcast for this week. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.